Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. And a very good Wednesday morning to Marlins Nation. Thanks for rewinding with us. Steven Strom here. Marlins rewind. Marlins fall to the Tampa Bay Rays last night 4-1. to one. As always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. You can put an end to an eight-game losing streak in walk-off fashion and in come-from-behind fashion. The Miami Marlins are back into the win column. They secure their 26th come-from-behind victory of the season this afternoon. They put the finishing touches in the bottom of the 10th inning on their 22nd one-run victory. They have completed another walk-off for the sixth time this season. Luis arises the hero on a day in which Jesus Lazardo was magical. Unbelievable. Good stuff. Great to get back into the win column. This is the 10th inning show. I'm Kyle Seeloff. It's great to be back with you. Boy, where do you start today? And I think you probably just have to start with some of the resiliency from this Marlins ball club. I, I know we continue to talk about it, folks. And I am fully understanding that things uh, have not been going all that well. You drop eight in a row. You have not been pitching well. You have not hit enough. The bullpen has been shoddy. It leads to a lot of losses. And that's been the case. But the Marlins have found a way to get themselves back into the win column with a really gutsy effort this afternoon after it nearly slipped away from him in the top of the ninth inning today. We'll start with Jesus Lazardo before we take a listen to all the highlights from this afternoon's festivities. He was nothing short of incredible. He struck out a career-high 13 this afternoon, tied a career-high with seven innings pitched, and he was just great. And a career-high 115 pitches this afternoon. If you go back to yesterday, Jesus Lazardo and Johnny Cueto, 13 innings, of starting pitching, allowing six hits, two runs, three walks, and 21 strikeouts. That is how you start winning again. They have got to get good starting pitching. They have gotten great starting pitching the last two days. It started here with Jesus Lazardo on this Sunday afternoon here at Lone Depot Park, and it's capped off by Luis Arias, who collects his first ever walk-off victory. So, so nice to be back into the win column where the Marlins are now 54-47 and 47 this season. Take a listen to all the highlights from this afternoon's ballgame. There was not a ton of them. There were plenty for Jesus Lazardo, just not a ton offensively, but there were certainly enough for a Marlins victory here today. The Marlins and the Rockies were scoreless through four innings this afternoon until the top of the fifth inning when Brenton Doyle, the center fielder for the Rockies, gave Colorado a one nothing lead with nobody on base and two outs. Here's the 3-1. Doyle swings. He hits it deep right field. Sanchez is going back out of the warning track, and it's gone. 
Brenton Doyle has gone deep for the seventh time this season. And the Rockies lead 1-0 here in the fifth. A two-out solo shot by Brenton Doyle. Well, that 1-0 lead would last for about an inning and a half. Ty Block started this ballgame for the Colorado Rockies. He tossed three shutout innings. Connor Siebold then came on in relief. Siebold was out there in the bottom of the sixth inning for Colorado. In the bottom of the sixth inning, Nick Fortes, who had a big day, who just got done chatting with our very own Steven Strom, led off the bottom of the sixth inning with a single. That was followed by Luis Arise, who tied the game. He'll be trying to hit something right toward the second baseman. Siebel's trying to prevent him from doing it. 2-2, two, two, cracked on the line, left center field. This is trouble. Extra bases for Arise. It's going to tie the ball game. Nick Fortes is going to score. Arise will swap places with him. It's 1-1 one to one here in the sixth. Arise out at second base with both hands up in the air, yelling at his teammates, let's go. And then after a single by Jorge Soler, sent Arise to third. Runners were on the corners with nobody out for Brian De La Cruz, but he struck out swinging for out number one. The next man to bat in the bottom of the sixth inning with one away was Yuli Gurriel. Three and two, the count to Gurriel. Suter comes set again, and now the pitch is in the air. Center field, fairly deep, should play to run. Doyle's on it. He comes up firing towards the plate. Here comes a rise. It's cut off by Tolia, and the Marlins have a two-to-one lead here in the sixth. Outstanding at bat by a clutch hitter. Seabold was done. Suter came in to strike out De La Cruz, and then he allowed the sacrifice fly to Yuli Gurriel. Suter had the reverse splits. He was extremely tough on right-handers. That was uh, nothing short of a great at-bat by Yuli Gurriel that gave the Marlins a 2-1 to lead in the bottom of the sixth inning. In the seventh, Lazardo went back out for the seventh inning. And uh, the first man that he saw was Randall Gritchick, who singled. He struck out Nolan Jones for the 11th strikeout of his afternoon. That was a new season high. Michael Talia then struck out looking for strikeout number 12. And then after a walk to the second baseman, Alan Trejo, Jesus Lazardo was then facing Brenton Doyle with an opportunity to make a little personal career history. They come back to their feet here at Lone Depot Park. Now the count is level at two and two. Give me that fastball. On the corners and the pitch. It's swung out and missed. Strike three. It's a new career high. 13 strikeouts for Jesus Lazardo. What an afternoon for the 25-year-old left-hander. No runs. One hit, no errors. Two men left on base. Here in the top of the seventh, we're at the stretch. It's brought to you by Xfinity. An incredible day for Jesus Lazardo. Two walks, a run, four hits, seven innings, and a new career-high 13 strikeouts. A new career-high with 115 pitches out there on the hill, and he tied a career-high with seven innings pitched. The Miami Marlins had a 2-1 to lead going to the top of the ninth inning this afternoon. A.J. Puck was coming on, and he was looking for his 16th save of the season. Puck facing Elias Diaz. He struck him out swinging. The next man to bat was Randall Gritchick. He was battling, and he stepped back into the box in a 3-2 count. Puck looks in, likes what he sees. He comes set, belt high. The 3-2 pitch, swung on and cranked high in the air, deep to left field. This is destroyed, and this game is tied. Randall Gritchick has hit a game-tying home run here in the top of the ninth inning. It is another blown save for A.J. Puck. It's 2-2. Two and then you got a little bit nervous, folks. Uh, that was not good. And the Rockies tied it at two in the top of the ninth inning. 
Lawrence came on our, uh, yes, that was Justin Lawrence who came on for the Rockies in the bottom of the ninth inning, and he pitched a perfect bottom of the ninth. This was a 2-2 game going to the 10th inning this afternoon. Waskar Brazoban came on in relief of A.J. Puck to put a stop to any further damage in the ninth inning, which ultimately put the Marlins in a position to win this ballgame today. And good for Waskar Brazoban, who picks up his fourth win of the season. But Brazoban, with a ghost runner at second base, with nobody out in the top of the tenth inning, struck out Jerickson Profar. He got Ezekiel Tovar to line out sharply to Dane Myers in center field. And then after an intentional walk to Ryan McMahon, Elias Diaz flew out to right field in the top of the tenth inning, Came and gone without any excitement. Rockies leave two on in the top of the 10th. It was a 2-2 game going to the bottom of the 10th inning this afternoon. Pierce Johnson came on for the Rockies. The ghost runner at second base was Joey Wendell. The leadoff man, Jesus Sanchez, was intentionally walked. With first and second base and nobody out, Johnson was able to strike out Dane Myers for out number one. Now, maybe the most critical at bat in this ball game was coming up next. It was Nick Fortes, who drew a walk. And that meant the bases were loaded in the bottom of the 10th inning. Luis Arise coming to the plate. Bud Black removed Jerickson Profar. He brought Harold Castro in as a fifth infielder. He put Brenton Doyle in left field and Nolan Jones in center field. And that left right field wide open for Luis Arise. Arise has never collected a walk-off knock. Can he do it right here? Johnson comes set. Looking towards third, holding the 1-1 offering. Line drive, right field. Nobody's home. Arise with his first career walk-off. The Marlins snap an eight-game losing streak. They're into the win column for the first time in the second half in 2023. Luis Arise, the walk-off hero at Lone Depot Park today. The Marlins walk off the Rockies. They salvage a game in this series, and they win it 3-2. Well, a great effort. Just a, a real great effort by the Marlins this afternoon. Sometimes, you know, it, you know, it really wasn't going well today. They're in the ninth inning, right? Puck blows it, and you're thinking, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, well, there's no way we can lose this one. What are we going to do? Um, but you you, you got to find ways to win, and the Marlins found a way to win. And I think uh, what Nick Fortes said, you know, understanding that they had lost a bunch of games, but their faith and their confidence in each other did not waver. They know they're a good ball club. These kind of things are going to happen. Now you can't, you know, win this one today, and you obviously lose eight in a row again. But you know, you got it, it's got to come to an end somewhere, and it did this afternoon. And this means the Marlins can enjoy an off day tomorrow, sitting on a victory, and then they got to go try to get after it against the Tampa Bay Rays, a very good ball club. But uh, you got to win. You got to find a way to snap losing streaks, get back into the win column. The Marlins did that this afternoon. Luis Arise was phenomenal. He was three for four today because he had the sacrifice bunt there in the eighth inning. But he was three for four, a couple of singles, a couple of RBIs, and a double. thought Nick Fortes was great today, a couple of hits, and he draws the walk there in the 10th. If he doesn't draw the walk and he punches out because he came into the ballgame four for 52 in his last 20 games at the plate, they could have very easily walked Luis Arise to bring up Jorge Soler, who at that juncture of the ballgame was one for four with a couple of strikeouts and a double play grounded into back in the first inning. In fact, that's probably what Bud Black would do. Now, I'll go to Bud Black's decision there in the bottom of the 10th. I do not understand for the life of me why you would bring the extra infielder in and totally expose an open portion of the field. We have seen all season long, Luis Arise, keep in mind, a guy that came into the ball game batting 375, he can hit the ball wherever he wants, on the ground or in the air. He literally makes it look that easy, and they just 
left, right, field wide open. And he just pulled the ball out there. He's, he's that good, folks. It might sound crazy. He's that good. He can hit the baseball wherever he wants. And I certainly don't agree with that decision. Um, I said it going into that at bat. You cannot just not have a right fielder. You can bring the extra infielder in, but you know if you're just nobody's going to play right field. Luis Arise has shown that he is capable of hitting the ball line to line and foul pole to foul pole. So, thank you very much. Marlins back into the win column, and they walk off the Colorado Rockies by a final score of three to two afternoon this afternoon. Taking a look at those totals from this afternoon's ball game for the Rockies: two runs, seven hits, no errors, and nine men left on base. For the Marlins, three runs, seven hits, no errors, seven men left on base. The winning pitcher is Wascar Brazoban, now 4-2 this season. Pierce Johnson is the loser. He's 1-5. Started this ballgame at 142. Total time of game, 2 hours and 49 minutes. In front of 14,613 at Lone Depot Park this afternoon. That includes 217 four-legged friends. Great day for baseball. Marlins are back into the win column. They're now 54-47 and 47 this season. The Rockies are 21 under at 39-60. and 60. Lazardo, brilliant today. Arise, incredible. Fortes was great. Brazoban, really gutsy there in the ninth and the tenth. Probably don't talk about him enough. Terrific effort with the runner at second base and nobody out in the tenth inning to take it to the bottom of the tenth inning. Still in a 2-2 game and a golden opportunity to win it. Great stuff for the Marlins today. Now on the pitching front, the Marlins punched out 16. And that means that $400 have been donated to AutoNation's Dry Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Dry Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say after the Marlins fall to the Rays of Game 1 of this two-game meet-and-greet, 4-1. to one. Uh, Skip, we got word that uh, the blister was starting to bother Cabrera. Just how much do you feel like that had an impact on the way things played tonight? Yeah, I don't know. He didn't have an issue with it before the game started. Everything felt fine, so it just kind of blew up a little bit uh, after the first inning into the second inning, and um, and you know we looked at it and we had to take him out. Was it also just kind of a combination of those two innings for him that he did pitch being a little bit stressful? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of full counts and just maybe some bad luck mixed in there as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of full counts. I don't know how much the blister affected that initially. Um, but yeah, once he once that started developing a little bit more, just it, it started to really bother him. So you couldn't, um, you know, have him continue. Yeah, there was some bad luck. I thought there was some really actually some good defensive plays behind him as well. Um, I thought the Wendell ball up the middle was a tough ball. I mean, I, that, I don't know how many shortstops can catch that one. That was a tough one, a tough air, bad luck, obviously. Um, but as far as the um, you know, the defense, I thought we played, to, uh, you know, a really good game as far as getting the backside runners and um, Soriano being at third base. Um, you d- usually don't see a pitcher being there, and he did a really good job there. Um, getting guy Rayleigh out at third. I mean, so I, there's a lot of positives today, but, um, but the story was glass now. I mean, he just, he was tough. Um, tough on our hitters. Couldn't get anything going against him tonight, and, um, you know, that, that was really the story. The third time, I think, is this year that the blister has gotten the Cabrera during. Sorry, no, it's been bothering for a year plus now but just what point does it become worrisome when it's happening happening as frequently as it does yeah it's, it's weird it kind of popped up pretty quick because it didn't there's nothing um after the st louis game or in between starts to you know so um it, it 
nothing on any reports. He's feeling good throwing and uh, playing catch. So, yeah, it's, I don't think it's concerning. I think it's just more frustrating for him, right? Um, frustrating for us that we can't, you know, get that thing, you know, figured out. Um, and so I think it's, it, there's a lot of frustration, you know, for him, you know, coming out after 40, 50 pitches and two innings and, um, you know, another blister issue. So, yeah, we got we to gotta figure out. Training staff's doing a great job um, as far as trying to, you know, doing everything they can to, you know, different things, trying different things. Um, but, you know, nothing's really, uh, you know, f- working for him yet. Uh, how valuable was Soriano uh, tonight with his outing picking up from uh, when Edward left? He's been valuable the whole year. Um, so we'll see what this blister looks like and and talk about what um, Soriano's next role is and what that looks like. Because every time we put him in there, he's been really, really good against tough lineups. And, um, yeah, I mean, he he, puts, he pitched some valuable innings, kept us in the game. Uh, we only had to use two more pitchers, so, you know, we're set up pretty good for, for tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, he's been, uh, he's been really effective, not just eating up innings, but effective innings, keeping us in the game, solo home run. I mean, that's – you can live with those all day long. So he's, he's been really good. And his velo was up today too, which is good to see. You touched on class now. Oh, doing what he was able to do. What did you see from the approach from the guys and what do you hope they can take away from? Obviously not the outing they want, but as they move forward. After- oh, I don't think you're taking away much from, from that. Um, I think your frustration is what you're taking away from. He, he's throwing 97 miles an hour at the top of the zone. Um, consistently throwing strikes a really hard curveball and the slider i thought was the most effective pitch tonight against us um we hit some balls hard in the third and fourth inning uh it feels like every center fielder that we face lately has been making good plays um uh, cash it puts in siri he makes a good play uh it's just uh, it's, it's kind of crazy um everyone that we're facing right now is making a diving play or kind of a sports center play out there it's kind of what's been, been going on but um but we just couldn't string anything together, you know. Honestly, a couple of good plays, but um, the takeaway was uh, Glass now was good, and he's been good for a few years now. And um, that's just a tough pitcher to, to face. And um, you know, hopefully, we, we get him uh, F one tomorrow. I know he stayed in the game, but Sanchez when he made that dive in the second inning, what exactly happened there with him? Yeah, he did, uh, the air got knocked out of him, so wind knocked out of him, so he wasn't. Initially, I thought it was worse than that um, shoulder. You fear, you know, it's a hard surface, so you kind of fear the worst. Um, but luckily, it was just a, uh, you know, the wind knocked out of him. You mentioned some of the positives. John Birdie certainly been one another hit tonight, extends his hit streak to seven games. What has stood out to you about either just the approach that he's had or, or the focus offensively to be able to, to put that hit streak together? He's been valuable the whole year. But, I mean, putting him in lefts, uh, third, short, second, um, putting together quality at bats. We know he can run the bases, obviously, and, so wherever I put him, he's provided value. Um, it's not easy coming off the bench either, and he's been doing a really good job of getting spot starts and pinch hits. And um, so yeah, we're just trying to find different ways to put him in the lineup because um, you know he's he's helped us win a lot of games so far. And um, you know trying to figure out if if I can put him in not an everyday role, but getting close to it just because you're moving him around so much. With uh, Stallings playing today, who's going to catch Sandy tomorrow? Stallings. Yeah, Stallings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he catch the ball off the throat there? Or- yeah, it was um, it was off the collarbone throat combination, yeah. So it kind of, um, you know, f- felt a little dizzy at first and kind of rung his bell a little bit. But he uh, 
he still he felt okay to you know finish the game. All right, we're right back at it this afternoon. It's going to be a 12-10 first pitch, which means I've got Marlon's on deck at 11.40 a.m. Grab the coffee, grab the breakfast. If you're at work, join us. 9.40 wins, MLB.com, iHeartRadio app. We hope you can join us. As always, let's flip the M together, Miami. It's Marlon's Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 